Well, good morning. I'm Sabrina. I'm one of the pastors here. And we're going to talk about pregnancy this morning. I thought Adam would be excited. Pregnancy is life-changing anyway, that it uh, touches your life. People who are longing to be pregnant. People who have an unplanned pregnancy. Feeling life stir within you. Losing a baby. Finding out that the baby you're carrying has physical disabilities. Preterm labor. Premature birth. Pregnant past your due date. No matter how it plays out, pregnancy is a big deal. And there are two pregnant women who come together in the Advent story. And so we're going to see what we can learn from them this morning. Can I have that artwork up on the screen? This beautiful piece of artwork is called Windsock Visitation. So traditionally in the church, the moment in the story leading up to the birth of Christ when Mary, who's just been told by the angel that she is going to have baby Jesus, she travels to visit her older cousin, Elizabeth. Older as in older, as in past childbearing years, and yet pregnant with John the Baptist. So miraculous pregnancies abounding. These two women come together. And I really love this piece of art because it was, um, it was created by someone on commission for an order of Catholic nuns who run an urban retreat center in northern Minneapolis. And they have a windsock that they use as the sign that they are open and available for kids who need after-school care, after-school help. They provide all kinds of services in the city, but one of the things that they do is they open their doors at about the time the schools are letting out, and kids who don't have anybody at home and don't have anywhere to go, if they see the windsock, they can come in. And uh, so they, the, the sisters there, they're called the Sisters of the Visitation. That's the name of their order. They were named after this moment in, um, in the story. And they asked for a piece of artwork to be created that captured that moment of the visitation, that captured their windsock saying, here we are, what can we do? And that included this quote over here. This is from the woman who founded this order of nuns back in the 1600s in France. Her name is Saint Jane de Chantal. And when she opened the first community, she said, this is the place of our delight and rest. So that's that quote over there. But I love, too, what the artist did here. He put this, this halo treatment above Mary and above Elizabeth, right? But if you follow it down, where the babies are is the point of a heart. And so this beautiful encompassing of all of this in the love of God. I'm just going to leave that up there for a little while while we talk about these two pregnant women. Because we have a lot that we can learn about them, about the bringing of new life into the world, and about the peculiar significance of timing in our lives as followers of Christ. Now, I'm going to share a really brief little chunk. The story is familiar to most people, right? So, angel comes to Mary, says, surprise! Right? Yes, I know you're a virgin. You're going to have a baby anyway. And it's going to be Jesus, and he's going to be called the Son of Most High, and it's going to be amazing. And Mary's like, what? Okay. Um, yay, God. And then she goes and she visits Elizabeth, right? And when she gets there, this is from the message, Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country. She went straight to Zechariah's house as Elizabeth's husband. She greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, 
the baby in her womb leapt, right? She's carrying John the Baptist, and he does a cartwheel. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and sang out exuberantly, you are so blessed among women, and the babe in your womb also blessed. Why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? The moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the baby in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed woman who believed what God said, believed every word would come true. Now, you all know what this feels like, this whole being pregnant thing, right? Because every one of you has been pregnant. No, you really have. I mean, you may think I don't know you very well and I'm a little confused at this moment, but every single one of you has been pregnant. Because my definition for this morning is carrying something new, the beginnings of new life inside you, a new relationship just beginning to form, but one that feels like different and important. You meet somebody and you're like, I'm supposed to get to know you. Like, there's something really important going on here. A new skill that you're just beginning to learn, but you are absolutely determined to master it, and you honestly can't explain why it's important that you learn it, you just know that it is. A new career path that you're willing to risk everything for, even though other people don't understand why you're doing this. A new way of thinking about ideas that you've always just held unquestioningly, and yet you sense that it's very important that you wrestle with some stuff and you're not sure how it's gonna end up. A new laying down of something that's always taken a time of your, uh, a chunk of your time, a chunk of your energy, and uh, you realize you need to be free of it, that something's calling you to lay it down. You don't know why, but there's something new and it's growing inside you. There's something that you wonder if God might be calling you to. So something new, something stirring, something growing, and yet something that feels oddly like a part of you, too. It's like not you, but it is you, somehow all twisted up. It's something that's present now, but you sense that it's actually more for the future even than it is for now. That's going to be our working de definition of being pregnant this morning. And so in that metaphorical sense, every one of you has been pregnant at some point. Um, don't expect the definitions in medical dictionaries to change. This is just my definition for the next 15, 20 minutes, but um, yeah. So there are many of you who are pregnant right now, and you know it. You're already showing, right? Random strangers want to pat your tummy because they can see that you're expecting. Side note, please don't actually just pat people's tummies when they're pregnant in the more traditional sense unless they have given you their express permission to do so. It's just really weird when people touch your tummy without permission. Just throwing that out there. Some of you are pregnant and showing. Some of you are pregnant and you're not showing yet. You know it. You know you're pregnant. But your pants still fit. Your belly button hasn't popped. This is a weird morning. I know. Just go with it. It'll get, it'll get easier. You, uh, you know it. You know there's new life in there. But there's not actually anything that shows to other people yet. That's hard. Some of you don't realize that you're pregnant yet. It might be a while before you have any symptoms at all. And some of you are sitting here thinking, I think I remember having been pregnant. In fact, I'm sure I do. I mean, I, there was this, I just kept pushing it out of my mind because I didn't know what to do with it. 
And I pushed it out of my mind often enough that eventually it kind of fizzled out. So I guess it was like a missed opportunity. Like, ah, I knew there was that, mm, no, 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 and it didn't do it, and it's gone now. But I just want to tell you that no opportunity for growth, for, for transformation in your life that causes you to follow in Jesus in, in, in new ways, and none of that opportunity is ever actually removed from us. God leaves that inside you. And it may be that the circumstances under which you first noticed it, maybe those circumstances are gone, and it's not going to be the same exact type of new life as what it would have been if you'd said yes the first time around. But part of the human thing is that God allows us to choose. And we can say, no, I'm not doing this right now. I'm not doing this. And he doesn't remove that blessing of life from us. He says, okay, we'll talk about it again later. So it's not gone, and you don't have to feel regret, and you don't have to feel like you missed it. For Elizabeth in the Advent story, she was pregnant in her old age. <clears throat> and, you know, some of you are pregnant in your old age. Pick me, pick me. <laughs> I'm pregnant in my old age. I'm pregnant with this thing called prison care. I'm definitely showing my pants do not fit, but I'm old, and I'm pregnant. It happens. Elizabeth had also been married since, ooh, back to the picture, sorry, not there yet. Thank you. Elizabeth had been married since she was young, but she had never gotten pregnant before this point. So people assumed she was infertile. She assumed that she was infertile. And yet, look at that, six months pregnant and the baby's doing cartwheels. You just never know. Some of you may have wanted to see new life growing within you for years, but life has felt more like being stuck in a rut you just plug along, and maybe you've called yourself infertile. Perhaps other people think of you that way, too. Doesn't make it so. For Mary in the Advent story, well, she was pregnant in a most unexpected way. I mean, talk about your unplanned pregnancies, right? Some of you have not been expecting anything new to grow in your life. You have built a life that you want. You are quite comfortable with everything as it is. Things are good. No need to mess it up, right? And yet here you are throwing up in the morning, and it's not because you ate gas station sushi. You're pregnant. Mary was engaged to be married. She was in a legally binding contract that could only be dissolved by divorce, but she hadn't actually set up house with her husband yet. They were not living together yet. That was the way it was done then and there. So she considered herself to be incapable of pregnancy because she had never had sex. And yet, she became pregnant because God had something amazing to bring into the world through her life. So some of you are not expecting that God has anything amazing to do in building his kingdom through you. And it's because, honestly, you're just not there yet. I mean, you're like, kind of, sort of, following Jesus. Um, I mean, you're a follower of Christ, but it's not like, not like Keith. You know, not like a pastor, you know, not like really following. And you'll, you'll probably get there. You're heading toward that direction, right? But right now you're focused on a lot of other things. And yet, you just felt the baby kick. And you're like, what? I am not ready to be a parent. I am not ready to have a kid. Okay, so we've been talking about hope this Advent season. We talked about hope that was stronger than despair. 
We talked about hope that was stronger than isolation. This morning, we're going to talk about hope that is stronger than frustration. And in this story of Mary visiting Elizabeth, we learn a lot about a hope that is stronger than frustration. As humans, we experience frustration in two scenarios that are basically the same thing, just two sides of a coin, right? We want something that we cannot get. We need to attain it, and we can't get it. Oh, it's so frustrating. Or we need to be free from something, and we can't seem to get free from it. But it's really the same thing, whether we're trying to get something or get away from something. If we're trying and it's not happening, we're frustrated. Maybe for any number of reasons. Well, in this metaphorical sense of pregnancy, there can be lots and lots of reasons for being frustrated. But it's really common to be frustrated in this kind of spiritual metaphorical pregnancy, right? Maybe we see other people doing amazing things for the kingdom of God. We want to be one of those people. And our life is really boring. And like there's, there's nothing to do but get up and go to work and take care of responsibilities and come home at night and think, I want to be like a part of the kingdom of God and nothing's happening. And it's really frustrating. We see people who, they live with such a peace and a contentment about them. And we know things about their circumstances and they have no business looking content because their life is a hot mess in so many ways around them. And yet, they have such a peace. And we think, I want to be like that. But these things in my life are so irritating that I am not content. I'm not at peace. I'm so irritated. Why can't I be like that? I want that to grow in me. We see people who are filled with a trust in God. They're facing crazy stuff, totally beyond their ability to fix. And they're sleeping at night. And, and, you know, and, and we're awake at night, and we're not worrying about stupid stuff either. Like, it's big, important stuff, but we can't seem to stop worrying. So frustrating. There's this thing, this life, this true, rich, full, beautiful life that looks a certain way, and we know it's there. Not out there, but in here. We know it's inside us. It's a part of what we were made for. And yet we can't seem to give birth to it. It's very, very frustrating. But the word gospel means good news, right? And so the good news that we can take away from the story of the visitation is that there is a hope that is stronger than all that frustration. And the way that we are going to learn about it is from taking a short but amazing deep dive into parts of speech. You thought I was going to say scriptures, didn't you? No, seriously, we're going to do grammar. We're going to do parts of speech. Now, um, nouns, verbs, adjectives, prepositions, we know these things at least a little bit, or we did once upon a time in seventh grade. But we do remember that verbs are words of? Thank you. Very good. Verbs are action words, right? And verbs have something called tense. Present tense for things that are happening now. Past tense for things that happened once upon a time, and future tense for things that are going to come somewhere down the road. There are also weird tenses, you know, like the uh, past perfect continuous. We will not be dealing with that one this morning. You're welcome. We're also not going to diagram sentences, although I did consider it briefly, but I kind of geek out on that stuff. But verb tenses in the Advent story of the visitation, 
they point us toward hope that is stronger than frustration. So, if Adam would be so kind as to throw the very ugly next slide up on the screen. Isn't that jarring? It's so jarring that Adam said, did you mean to do this this way? Because it's like really ugly. We got the black, we got the white, it's really stark. And then scattered through, we've got italic font and we've got verse numbers and we've got these odd little footnote letters in brackets. I'm really not sure what's up with that. And then we have pink and blue and orange. And the reason for all of this is this is the section of scripture that we've been working from. This begins with the angel coming to Mary and telling her, the Lord is with you, don't be afraid. You found favor with God, you will conceive and give birth to a son. But look at all the verb tenses. Because the pink is the present, and the blue is the past, and the orange is the future. And no, there is no color symbolism in that. I picked them randomly. The Lord is with you. Don't be afraid right here and now. Because you have found favor with God in the past. And you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be very great, and he will be called the son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over Israel, and his kingdom will never end. Lots of future. So we go through Mary saying, wait, what, huh? Okay, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true in the future. Next slide, please. Also jarring and ugly. And so the story goes on, and Mary goes to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you, past tense, above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me in the present? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed, present, because you believed in the past that the Lord would do what he said in the future. It's all jumbled up. So Mary gets excited and filled with the spirit and she goes into this fabulous praise and it is also present, past, and future all jumbled together. Let's get rid of that visually jarring slide and go back to the pictures because I like the picture. Back, back to the women again. There we go. I just love it. So you see, it all gets jumbled up together when God is creating something new in our lives. He meets us right where we are. He reminds us of who he has always been, what we've already experienced. He gives us glimpses of how it's going to be. But let's face it, we don't really see the future clearly. He gives us glimpses, but it's still like, okay, wait, what? Even Mary said, but, huh? Okay. And yet she's credited with having believed everything that God said, even though she did say, okay, you know I'm a virgin, right? Like, but she still believed. Um, so what's weird about this is that we live a very linear existence, right? Time moves the way it moves, and that's why we feel frustrated, because we're here, we want to be here, and we can't seem to get moving to get there. But God is not bound by time in the same way that we are because, well, it's one of his creations, right? And the same God that created oceans and bodies that can heal themselves and the power of music and love, he also created time and he's not bound by it. So there's one way to think of this 
that may be helpful. We think of life something like this. And we have these moments of significance. Like, maybe this one is the first time that we ever thought independently about God. Maybe we were even a little child when we did. We didn't have a lot of pieces, but we thought about it, not because somebody told us to, but just because we did. And then maybe this is where we first felt drawn to follow Jesus as his disciple. And maybe this is the moment where we, in a, in a public, in a marked way, chose to identify as a follower of Christ and to be baptized. And then maybe this is a moment where, as a follower of Christ, we realized that, that we were in a situation that was just beyond our, our control. And we just fully had to depend on God in a new way for the first time. Maybe this is the time that we realized that something that we've been doing really well was actually toxic in our lives. It was destroying us. We had to lay it down and we couldn't figure out how to pry our own fingers off of it. And we asked God to work in that. Maybe this, ooh, maybe this is one of those times when we got kind of just like away from all of it. We got mad, we got lazy, we quit caring, we got distracted, and we realized I am not actively, intentionally doing anything to follow after Jesus at this point in my life. And I want to I wanna, I wanna fix that. I want to reconnect, you know? But these, these dots on this line, it's kind of how we see things, and these are moments of profound connection with God. Oh, we know that he's always there, that he always cares, but we all have those moments that we can point to where that was a, that was a God moment. That was like a big deal moment in my life where there was a, a, a real connection with God. And we see it this way. And sometimes we, we put dots on there. What it's going to be like when I'm like a serious, mature Christian. And I want to get to that dot. But for God, he sees everything through that relationship. God is interested in the dots, and the lines are actually kind of irrelevant. It's more like this. God says, you and me, kid, right here. This is our relationship, right? And so you're in me because I love you. You're mine. You're here. And oh, cool, there was that time when you first thought about me on your own independently. Yeah, that was cool. And then there was that time when you thought that maybe you were going to follow after me. And then there was that time when you decided publicly that, yes, you would, and you were baptized, and that was awesome. And then there was that time that you had to trust me with something that was big and hard, and you couldn't fix it. And that time that you had to surrender something that you wanted, but it was killing you. And that time that you wandered away from me, and you realized you missed me, and you wanted to be close again. And there was that maturity, and then there was more maturity, and then there was more maturity. And for God looks a lot more like the petals on a flower than it does this linear, I'm not there yet. I was there a while ago. I'm trying to get there. It's all about our connectedness to him. And that's how he's looking at it. So back to Mary. Mary is willing to accept this different way of looking at it. She doesn't fully understand it, but she's willing to accept that there is a different way of understanding her own life beyond the obvious linear that most of us would be drawn to. So how does Mary do this, and how can we do it? 
because it would be very nice if we could observe how she did it, but if we can't also learn something from it for our own lives, that's kind of a bummer. What's good is that what Mary did is something we can also emulate. Some of it has to do with looking back to what we've learned from the past. Um, some of you are journalers. Some of you are not. That's okay. No judgment here. Journaling is not for everybody. One of the cool things, if you are a journaler, is that you can look back at moments, right? And you can remind yourself in a very tangible, on paper, with words kind of way of moments where that connection was so vivid and you learned so much from it and you could touch it again and again and again. If you're not a journaler, then I'm gonna encourage you to think about other ways to mark moments of significance in your life. It's very helpful to look at the scripture, to talk to other believers, to read books um, of people's uh, memoirs, autobiographies, life stories, where, where we can see God at work in so many other people's lives, but we need to be able to see it in our own lives too. So if words isn't what's gonna get it for you, then plant something at a moment of significance. And every time it blooms, you're gonna be reminded. Build something with your hands if you're a craftsman. Something that you can look at and say, I built that as a memorial to this amazing moment in my life. I remember that moment of connection with God. Find ways to look back. Find ways to notice what's going on right now in the present. Granted, if an angel shows up and speaks to you, that's helpful. It gets your attention. If he doesn't, there's still ways to like zero in and actually stop and be mindful and be present. Take a breath and look around at the things that are happening in your life right now. I had coffee with somebody recently who was so, um, just provided me with an amazing gift, which was the ability to look at my present when I was all fogged over and not able to see it. They kind of like wiped the windshield for me, <laughs> said, yo, I don't think you're seeing what's going on around you right now. There's a lot of good stuff here, Sabrina. You know, yeah, that's, you need windshield wiper friends. Um, some of it is just choosing to trust the part of the future that you don't understand how it's all gonna fit together. And that was hard. That's a choice. It gets easier over time. We build up trust muscles the longer that we practice it. But some of it, and we miss this a lot in the church, I think, some of it is going visiting. It's going to visit Elizabeth. A few days after the angel's visit, Mary goes on a visit of her own to her older cousin's house. And we think of this as like, oh yeah, we drove from Newark to Pike Creek, you know, whatevs. It was a hundred mile journey. There was no car. So it was a big deal. It was not convenient and easy for her to spend time with this older woman that Mary knew to be a woman of God. But she made the effort. She set aside the time, the energy, the money it would have taken, and probably she had to get Joseph on board that this was a good idea because he was her legal guardian at that point because they were engaged. He almost certainly would have had to have arranged for the trip, paid for it in the caravan, and most likely accompanied her and traveled 100 miles by caravan got her settled at Elizabeth and Zechariah's house and then went back to his wood shop because he had work to do, right? It was a big deal to schedule this and to make it happen. And it was so worth it because Mary needed 
an older, wiser, Holy Spirit-filled person that she could trust to experience a moment that would confirm for Mary, you're not crazy. God is doing something so cool here. And I know my belly's out to here because I'm six months pregnant. I don't quite get how this happened, but God is busy, busy here. And you're not showing yet, but Mary, my baby just turned a cartwheel when I heard you say hi. So I believe you. And I'm telling you, yeah, you got to trust God. you got to lean in and you got to keep choosing to trust because, man, this is big. This is big. We need to go visiting. We need to go to people who haven't been through the identical situation because nobody's been through the identical situation. If you're going through it, it's yours. No one else has ever lived the exact thing of sensing new life, sensing God doing something in you. But you know people where there's a commonality, a theme, where you've seen something kind of sort of like it in their life and you respect something you see there because of the way that they've responded to it. Go to that person. Say, can I talk to you about something that I'm feeling and it's vague? I can't, I can't give you proof of concept here. I can't point to all the data that shows what's going on. But there's something. And I need to talk to somebody about it. And I need you to tell me what you think. Does this sound self-serving to you? Does this sound wacky to you? Does this sound right to you? Does something in you respond? Something of God in you respond to something that maybe God is doing in me. If something new and full of life is growing slowly inside you, you will likely become frustrated at some point along the way. Waiting for the pregnancy to show, maybe, so that others will acknowledge. Um, being perfectly honest with you, like, this is where I am with, with prison care right now. I can see it. I can see it, and it's so big. And I am trying to like manage an Instagram account. It feels so small and so pointless and so stupid, and it's absolutely necessary. So I hired an administrative assistant to do it because I can't do it anymore. I can't. I can't look at Instagram posts because it just feels like no. I'm supposed. There's. It's much more. Mm, and I know that's a thing, and that's got to happen. So I'm trusting God enough to say, okay, I'm going to behave as if this is as big as it feels like it is, even though Prison Fellowship doesn't see it yet, even though the Compassion Prison Project doesn't see it yet, even though the My Song for Life program doesn't see it yet. There are all these fabulous prison support and reform organizations, and I want them to notice, and I want them to say, yeah, let's partner. And it's not happening yet. So I feel so frustrated because my pregnancy's not showing enough yet. I'm not in maternity clothes and I want to be. But that's okay because it's a flower. It's, it's not this linear thing. And there are other people who are listening to God and who are seeing it and recognizing it and saying, Sabrina, don't get crazy. Let your admin do the Instagram and keep doing what you're doing because it's got God's fingerprints all over it. Maybe you're frustrated because you are waiting to feel movement that will reassure you that this is really alive. You've done a whole lot. Maybe you poured into a really difficult relationship that you felt really called to. You adopted some stray. <laughs> you picked up a person who needed to be picked up by somebody. And you've poured a lot in. And you're not really seeing a lot of response. And you're also not feeling like you want to put it down. 
you don't feel like you're interfering. You still feel like you're living out of this thing that God's calling you to and doing in you. And you just need to feel the baby kick. You're not getting that phone call. You're not having that conversation where you see the light dawn in the person's eyes and they go, you know what? I want to check into rehab or whatever it is that you're trying to help them with, right? You want to feel that baby kick and you're frustrated. Maybe you're waiting to go into labor. I mean, recently I had a new grandson, right? My daughter was 11 days overdue. Every single day, once we got past her due date, we had a text back and forth. And every day I said, Becca, nobody is pregnant forever. Just a little bit of truth. You will not be pregnant forever because once you go, Pat, and you're waiting for this thing to start and you're like, all the pieces are in place and I need this one thing to happen. It's really hard to trust God is going to do that one thing in the right timing. Maybe you are in labor. Maybe it's painful. Maybe there's so much going on and, and you know new life is emerging from it. Something new and wonderful is being established and it's going to be separate from you now. You're not just going to be carrying it inside you. It's going to be the separate thing. It's still going to carry a piece of you around inside it somehow forever, but it's not yours. And you're having to let go and let it be God's completely. That's frustrating. But friends, there is a hope that is stronger than that frustration, no matter which flavor of frustration it may be. So you know that we've been looking back to old slave spirituals during this Advent season, right? Keith found that awesome Advent devotional book that, it, that pulls from the, the texts of a bunch of the slave spirituals. And there's one in there that I just fell in love with because it just leans into this nonlinear quality of our relationship with God and the hope that comes from it looking like this and not like this. And I searched high and low on the internet to try to find a good version of it. And it's like a really little known spiritual. And I found one very high choral version of it, which to me made it like devoid of life. I don't know, just I love high choral music, but like this didn't work for me at all. And then I found bluegrass versions of it. And I chose not to share any of them with us this morning because I decided that if I can't find one that sounds like it was supposed to sound, then maybe we could create one that feels like it's supposed to feel. All right? So I'm hoping that you're going to play Sing Along with Sabrina this morning. And um, this is a call and answer song. And I've got to take a drink of water first. We can flip to the lyrics at the end, the short little line. There we go. Anybody heard the song I heard from heaven today? Okay, because it's a little known spiritual. Um, so it's call and answer, and you guys are going to sing the answer part. Haha. <laughs> and it's I heard from heaven today. All right? <clears throat> And so I'm going to sing it with you, but once you catch on, just jump in. Every other line is going to be, I heard from heaven today. All right? <clears throat> this is a song that looks back at the Christmas story because there is hope to be found in what God did in the past. A baby born in Bethlehem, the shepherds heard the angels' song, the wise men saw and followed that star. And then there's looking at right now, my sins forgiven and my soul set free. And then there's looking to the future, the stuff that we can't quite see and make sense of yet. There's a bell that's ringing in that other bright land. And my name is called, and I must go. And all of this is because I heard from heaven today. God is with us in the present moment, at every moment, speaking the truth of now, of then, and of what will be, all at the same time. It's not linear, it's all today. 
All right, so let's try this. <clears throat> Pardon me. A baby born in Bethlehem, I heard from heaven today. A baby born in Bethlehem, I heard from heaven today. Carry on, my weary soul, I heard from heaven today. Hurry on, oh, my weary soul, I heard from heaven today. The shepherds heard the angels' song, I heard from heaven today. The shepherds heard the angels' song, I heard from heaven today. Hurry on, my weary soul, I heard from heaven today. Hurry on, oh, my weary soul, I heard from heaven today. The wise men saw and they followed that star, I heard from heaven today. The wise men saw and they followed that star, I heard from heaven today. Hurry on, my weary soul, I heard from heaven today. Hurry on, oh, my weary soul, I heard from heaven today. My sin is forgiven and my soul set free, I heard from heaven today. My sin is forgiven and my soul set free, I heard from heaven today. Hurry on, my weary soul, I heard from heaven today. Hurry on, oh, my weary soul, I heard from heaven today. Bell is ringing in that other bright land I heard from heaven today. The bell is ringing in that other bright land I heard from heaven today. Hurry on, my weary soul, I heard from heaven today. Hurry on, oh, my weary soul, I heard from heaven today. My name is called and I must go, I heard from heaven today. My name is called and I must go, I heard from heaven today. Hurry on, my weary soul, I heard from heaven today. Hurry on, oh, my weary soul, I heard from heaven today. Will you pray with me? Lord, you see it so differently than we do. And the way you see it is the way it really is. And we're asking you to keep bringing us back to the center of that flower. Keep us focused on the dots, those moments of connection with you. Help us to remember every significant moment from our past. Help us to notice and celebrate every significant moment of connection with you in our present. And help us to trust you that there will be more and more and more significant moments with you because you have placed your life, your spirit, within each of us. It's growing. We are pregnant with what you are doing. And we will give birth to something that looks like your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for the joy that that brings. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>